right, Tom, it was your idea since we were talking alien. You said, oh, well, why not talk about Predator, too? Yeah, well, it occurred to me. I think it occurred to me very late as we were talking about doing Alien. Like, oh, yeah, Alien versus Predator was a thing. I guess we have to watch those. Um, And then I didn't. Uh, So, you know, I I was able to not only incorporate that as a way to get us to watch Predator, to get another episode out of another beloved franchise. And I got you to watch the worst one. So I I really came out ahead. You really did. I wanted to thank you for that particularly. I really wanted to thank you for making me watch Aliens versus Predator 2. You know, uh, you could have said no. We could have shut down the whole episode, but uh, you know, you're 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 a man who will do the homework, and uh, we need more of those in the world. All right. So, what we do here, Tom, or what is your name? Wait, Wayland. Wayland, you Tommy. Wayland, you Tommy. For this episode, uh, what we do here is we make power rankings of franchises. We take uh, scores from IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Letterbox. We normalize the scores. And then we um, create a power ranking based on that and, uh, and see what it, how it shakes out. So we have an official Predator power ranking. Number seven, and we're not really even going to talk about it because we already have. Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Yeah, I mean, I will only say that I, I can't imagine Alien versus Predator Requiem is any good. I am almost surprised that it is above the Predator, though, because that we got we got two doozies at the bottom of our list here. We really do. Um, I will say, I, I find this stuff interesting. You you people out there probably don't. I f- Alien versus Predator Requiem is less of a drop off in the Predator franchise than it is in, in the Alien franchise. Yeah, I mean, I think we can probably agree that the highs of the Predator franchise are generally a little lower than the highs of the Alien franchise. <laughs> I tend to agree with you. So that is number seven. Let's move on to number six. And this is a spectacular shit show. The Predator from 2018. Yeah, neither of us had seen this. I, I, you know, it's not like I, I'm not somebody who's going to rush to the theater to see the new Predator movie that often or rush to Hulu, I guess now. Um, but this one immediately when it came out, nobody was excited about it. So I kind of just figured like, all right, whatever. I, I assumed it was just sort of generally mildly boring and unexciting. And uh, I would say for the most part, that's the case with most bad movies, which is we're not generally looking like at a a professional studio level. You rarely see an incompetent movie. You often see uninspired or boring or safe. Um, The the example I generally give of true studio incompetence is Die Hard 5, which I think is just absolutely horrible. Barely works on like a shot by shot level even. The Predator is not quite that bad, but it is a movie where every single idea is bad. Nothing works at all on almost an impressive level. It's directed by, we have to say, have to say Shane Black of all people. How the hell did Shane Black make a movie this bad? He's credited as one of the writers in here, too. Yes. And it, it doesn't seem to be a movie that was like a, a, an interference problem. You know, you, oftentimes with a movie like this, you'd think, oh, the, the studio gave him bad notes or they messed up his vision or they had someone else come in and reshoot it. No, this was this was apparently the movie he wrote, the movie they greenlit and uh, the movie everyone signed on to do, which is just baffling. I, I, I can't understand. It. it seems. OK, so we talked about Alien and uh, Alien Resurrection. We talked about some of its flaws. It seems to be wrong at almost every turn, every impulse. But it's still semi-watchable. This is wrong yep. at every impulse, and it is not watchable. Yeah, I mean, even from like a minute in, just the opening credits give like this weird sense. The yeah. sound, the music doesn't work. The, the, even the font is kind of weird. Every single choice makes no sense in this movie. 
uh, as it kind of develops into trying to be like a, a witty ensemble military movie. And it tries to be close encounters of the third kind, the Spielbergian family story. And it's not funny. There's no wonder to it. It's not scary. It's just, yeah, it's just a flop on every level. You know, my heart sank in the first few minutes when uh, the military guys were say, said doctor and a brunette woman turned around to reveal Olivia Munn. And I thought, <laughs> oh no, we are in really bad territory now. Yeah, it's well, not in a campy way. Like, no, something like that could work if it's silly, if it's meant to be kind of funny. But I guess we're just supposed to accept her as this brilliant scientist uh, because Shane Black, I don't know, wanted to cast her. And that's really the only reason why she was cast. He wrote that scenes like Olivia Munn must take off her clothes in the decontamination room. Got it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, you know, it's it's like the intelligence level and almost the impulse, the immature impulses of like a Michael Bay kind of approach. But without any of the panache that even Michael Bay could have brought to this script, I never thought I'd wish this movie was directed by Michael <laughs> Bay, but here we are. You're right. I mean, uh, it has no really interesting visuals. The lighting is flat and boring. Uh, the camera doesn't do anything. I, f- I felt like we were stuck on that goddamn bus for like two hours while they were waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Keegan Michael Key. Uh, it's funny because he's just been in trash for the most part ever since he and Jordan Peele broke up. And Jordan Peele's gone on to become one of the most celebrated filmmakers working today. So uh, I wonder I wonder what the deal is there. Was, was, Key, was Key holding Peele back this whole time? Maybe so. Maybe so. <laughs> Peele, uh, that's a stupid idea. Don't do that. I got a good idea. Right. I'm going to hook up with the guys from Reno 911 and make a possessed movie. <laughs> Leave Reno 911 out of this. All right. All right. So that's enough of the Predator. It is a bad movie. Uh, next on the list. Looks like uh, looks like in the battle of this one uh, between Shane Black and Paul W. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Paul W.S. Anderson wins. Alien versus Predator is number five. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a testament to how much like people don't really like Alien versus Predator. And I don't think they're wrong to not like it. To for Shane Black to have made a movie that he was proud of that people like less than Alien versus Predator that that's almost impressive on its own too. <laughs> Is that does that require a certain level of skills to uh, to be able to achieve that? There, it's usually there's a mixture of stuff that works and stuff that doesn't in any movie. I just I'm I'm flabbergasted at how bad that movie was. And like Alien versus Predator is a good movie to compare it with because it's not an incompetent movie. It's a dumb movie. It doesn't really work in any interesting level, but like it's not a horrible movie. No, it's got a little energy. It's got a little pulse. There's actually a likable character or two in Alien versus Predator. Yeah, it's it's got a lot more visual flair than the Predator, so I'll give it that too. Any line about that? If you want to hear more Alien versus Predator talk, go listen to the Alien episode number four on the list. Almost to the prime meridian here, the Predator Two from 1990 is as close to average as any Predator movie out there. You know, I I like Predator Two. It's a weird movie, uh, and I think that this is you were talking about this with Alien Resurrection, which is I like these kind of weird messes, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if I see interesting ideas that are being genuinely explored that are not messes because there's kind of this clash of interests. This one seems like a movie that it's just such a big swing to say we're going to go from the jungle to the urban jungle, and it's going to be in the city, and it's going to be Danny Glover, the cop, in this <laughs> you know crime wave, heat wave. It's it's a lot of ideas. There are a lot of kind of fun ideas. I don't know that it really works that well as a Predator movie, but I think it's a fun swing. It's a fun sci-fi twist. And I think it, it introduces what's best about the Predator series, which is a weird setting, 
You've got weird world building with all these new characters. It doesn't have to be that cohesive from movie to movie. Um, it just needs to have its own kind of internal logic that a predator is messing up. And I think uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun watch. It is a fun watch. I agree with you 100%. Uh, it's not my favorite. Uh, I think everything that comes after it, I actually would rank a little bit above. But it is it is such a strange one. I think partially I was caught too off guard when I saw this as kind of a, a younger person. I think it was too big of a jump for my little my little brain to handle. <laughs> I've never quite un, un, you know, overcome that prejudice. Yeah, well, I get that. Uh, the novelty of it and the different setting being it just being such a different setting works for me in a way that going back to the jungle is a little less exciting because I, I know how the jungle story is going to go. I don't know what Danny Glover, the cop, is going to do necessarily. He's going to beat the shit out of the predator, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the worst part, but also a very funny beat that they thought, you know, we've set up this and, you know, this beast that it was very difficult for Arnold Schwarzenegger to kill. But if, you know, retired, too old for this cop, Danny Glover gets in a fist fight with him. It might be a fair fight. Are we in camp now? Is this, would you say this is pure camp? I'd say, yeah, we, you know, with the gang wars, they're all a little goofy. The Danny Glover stuff is sort of inherently like intentionally invoking this lethal weapon level of camp almost um, in a way that Shane Black uh, couldn't, couldn't do in his own movie. (laughs) His own predator movie. Um, and, I, and I don't know why that works because it, it inherently it doesn't really make any sense to me that we'd go from an Arnold Schwarzenegger, John McTiernan action movie to Lethal Weapon with a Predator. But uh, yeah, it's campy enough, and it's it's got enough visual flair and style and ideas that uh, yeah, I, I think it is campy and it works. What did Hopkins, director of Hopkins, what did he go off? Did he do anything else really of note? Oh. God, I, you know, I looked this up at some point. I forgot though. Uh, thanks for IMDb. Cause you know, they, I, I went to his uh, listing and they put him as a producer first. Everybody in the world is looking to see what a Shane, uh, a Stephen Hopkins produced movie is. Well, it's okay. So he did uh, nightmare on Elm street five, right before predator two. So he, he was a, I guess he was kind of a, a sequel guy. He did Highlander second unit directing. So he'd been around some interesting movies, but didn't really go on to make anything that exciting. It looks like uh, the other thing that people might have heard of from him was uh, Lost in Space, the uh, Akiva Goldsman written uh, movie <laughs> starring uh, William Hurt. Matt LeBlanc, right? Uh, Joey from Friends is in that one yeah. too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's uh, not not a great one. That was camp in a way that did not work. That is wow! Look at that. That is some that, that is some just, just uh, uh, some amazing progression here. Judgment Night, mm, blown away. Mm, the Ghost in the Darkness, and then Lost in Space. Predator Two might be his high high water mark. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Which is it's a weird high water mark, but good for him. Yeah, well, fascinating. All right, Predator Two, lean into the camp. Don't lean away from the camp. Number well, three, yep. Predator Two. One last thing I want to say about that actually is I, I love that they had the foresight to have uh, the Predator or like Danny Glover. He ends up with that gun, that old gun that we eventually go back to and pray, right? Mm-hmm. And so that opens the door. They they were smart enough to throw in this idea that a Predator movie can take place in the future, it can take place in the present, it can take place in the past. Yes, which is that was the right impulse. Um, the other movies do kind of play with that. And I think uh, Predator 2, you know, it, it knew what a Predator movie can be. It pushes itself maybe right up to the edge, but it gives itself other places to go, too. It's a, it's a smart movie to work. I agree with you. I would watch a Predator movie set in, uh, you know, almost any time period now. I wish, I wish, my dream is that they just go way into the future. I want to see like Predator yeah. versus Starfleet or, or something like that, you know? 
Well, then then it becomes alien to some extent, I guess would be that'd be the risky run. Yeah, I guess so. All right. You shot down my dreams. We're moving on to number three. It is Predators from 2010. Which I believe originated as a script that Robert Rodriguez wrote in the 90s that he wanted to direct, uh, you know, around Desperado time. And uh, I guess the studio was sort of like, um, no, absolutely not. And then it got sort of dusted off and became a movie when the studio, I don't know if they were, they needed to, sometimes they're in these contractual situations where it's like, we have to make something or we lose the rights. Um, but, uh, you know, they make it, it's kind of hyped up. It's not directed by Rodriguez, which would have been, I think an interesting stylistic choice. Do you think Robert Rodriguez could have directed this movie in a way that would have worked? I, I think he could have, um, I'm just trying to refresh my memory where he was at, uh, mentally in 2010. What, He's probably making Spy Kids 7 or something by this then. This is post-Grindhouse, right? 2010? Yeah. 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 So, he, he, you know, he, he's had such a weird career. And uh, his, his 2000s, his 2010s career has been uh, all over the place. Um, I think his visual personality would have been very different in a Predator movie. And I might have enjoyed that a little bit more. Because as is, it works. But it's more of a sort of functionally filmed movie than like a, an idiosyncratic one. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Rodriguez now. Yeah, Spy Kids 4 was an 11. Planet Terror was 2007, so it'll be right smack dab in the, in the middle there. Yeah, he could have he could have done. I would have preferred Robert Rodriguez in the early 2000s, maybe pre-Sin City uh, Rodriguez yeah. to direct it. I think that would have been really interesting. I think From Dust Till Dawn is a great movie, top to bottom. I really do. I think... Yeah, the the faculty is probably my favorite oh, of his. Yeah, it's a good one too. Yeah, but no, you know, I'm a little bit higher on Predators than you are. I would probably put this at maybe number two on, on my list. I, I think it's fun. I like that it's kind of a Predator Twilight Zone episode. You wake up somewhere, you don't know what's going on. You kind of have to figure it out. Oh, and oh, by the way, you're being hunted at the same time with Danny Trejo of all people yeah, just showing yeah. up. I mean, that's that's fantastic, I think. It's a fun setup. I think uh, where it falls apart for me, the way that any Twilight Zone threatens to is as you sort of figure out what's going on. And then we end up with Topher Grace as the big, you know, sort of like threatening figure for a little while. (laughs) I don't know. That's exactly the the energy I want for my Predator movie. What a bizarre bit of casting. Yeah, I I agree with that. Uh, (laughs) Some very strange choices here. Topher Grace, Adrian Brody as the buff badass. And, and, and to his credit, he, he, he did put on some muscle, man. Yeah. You know, Adrian Brody makes weird choices, but he's almost always great in everything he's in, no matter what tone it is. You know, I always like to see him pop up. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I do like predators because I think the way you admire predator two for leaning into camp, this one leans completely into B movie territory. This, yeah. I think, I think you might be onto something when you say they had to shoot it like right now to keep the rights because it feels like that. It feels quick and dirty and fast. And it's kind of, kind of, kind of got a weird story to it, which quick, dirty and fast is just Robert Rodriguez's, uh, you know, his happy place. And so I, I wish we could have seen the movie he might've made, you know, in like 1998 or whatever, that would have been his version of predators. Man, I, if he couldn't cash in desperado at that moment, wasn't he kind of red hot at the moment? Everyone was. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who, who stopped it. Uh, somebody, I guess was like, this is too goofy or something for a predator movie. Uh, I, there's probably a story there. I'd love to hear it. I would too. All right. Not much else to say about predators. I think you should rewatch it out there. People, uh, number two on the list. And we are, if we've done a dramatic bump, um, predators 
is above average a bit. This is significantly above average. This is number two. Prey from 2022. Yeah, this surprises me because I I liked Prey. I guess I wouldn't say it was like so dramatically better than two or Predators. I think that all three of those are kind of varying degrees of fun Predator sequels. Um, But people really loved this movie when it came out. It was a Hulu only release. And so that's that's working against it. I wonder how it would have done if it came out in theaters, but you had kind of this intersection of it's a fun, well-crafted movie. It is kind of exactly what you'd expect after you get past the basic setting. Um, it's, it's just basically predator, but in a you know different time period, I think people liked the fact that you have this native American protagonist. So like the different culture seemed to work to its advantage. Uh, it landed at a good time. I think it's a fun movie. It's not anything groundbreaking, but it, it's good. It's well-made and it's, it's the kind of sequel that I'd rather see because it has some personality instead of these bland whatevers. Yeah, it does. It does have a lot of personality. And I had seen Prey before I'd seen The Predator. I think if I had watched The Predator first, oh boy, I would have thought Prey was, <laughs> Prey was a masterpiece here. But no, as it is, I like it. I have a few nitpicks about it. Uh, for one, I don't like The Predator in this movie. He is now operating more as a Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers character. He is taking so much damage and just keeps on coming and coming and coming. Uh, we've seen predators before take damage and kind of retreat and heal themselves, fix themselves, pull a bullet out of their leg. This guy is a slasher killer. Yeah, that's that's a totally fair complaint, uh, especially since we already noted Danny Glover can beat one of these guys up with his bare fists. <laughs> Well, maybe it's a little bit more of a fair fight with a versus 120 pounds, you know, five foot two woman. Uh, yeah, but still, I mean, this, this is uh, too old for this shit. Danny Glover can beat him up. So uh, it's, this is not a, like a the, it's not Arnold Schwarzenegger punching you in the face. It is Danny Glover. No, no, no. Um, the French trader stuff was weird, too. I thought it felt like all of a sudden out of nowhere, we're in Mordor. There's like there's like <laughs> embers floating everywhere and it's just gotten black and hazy. I thought that was a weird little shift. But other than that, I thought this was a perfectly fine movie. And I'd like to see them play with this a little bit more. Yes, I, I liked that. Um, not necessarily because it made sense, but because it was visually interesting. And any time these kind of genre sequels a genre sequel this far into a franchise, bringing anything kind of interesting visually into its own grammar, I think is a, is a plus. And so uh, I thought it was a well-crafted movie on that level. And it clearly was, I think it went a little far out of its way to try to explain that gun as opposed to just sort of like, okay, I get it. Yeah. The gun would come from this time period. Um, <laughs> but overall it's a fun movie. Uh, I, I think like you, the, the impulse I would like to see, and I don't think it's the one they're following is, I don't want to see this, these characters from prey come back for five more movies. I want to see the predator in all kinds of weird, different settings and time periods. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's gotta be, I mean, there's gotta be lore out there. Read some, read some lore from different, uh, different peoples and, and find out if there was like a, you know, a, a demon or a mysterious creature and just lean into it, man. It'd be really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I, although I think they already have greenlit prey too, which will be the same characters fighting a predator again. I don't uh, know, which just does not excite me that much. No, it really doesn't. Oh boy. Well, we'll revisit this score. Maybe when prey two comes out, number one on the list, no surprise here, Tom, get to the chopper. It's predator from 1987. Yeah. I mean, you got, again, it's a, it's a smart script. It's like just smart enough. It's goofy enough. 
You got Arnold Schwarzenegger bringing exactly the energy you need. You've got John McTiernan, who's just one of the best action directors. It's a great movie. Um, you could nitpick it if you want to, but it's a it's a thrill ride. It's fun. It's funny, and it's very satisfying. I, I, I really enjoy it. Oh, agreed. Um, in man, a few years back, subverting expectations that was on everyone's lips and minds and hearts, and they were saying it. This is how you do it. This is such a if you if you walked into Predator not knowing what you were getting, this is just a complete 180 from what you thought you were getting. This is not Commando. This is not Arnold. This is going to mow down you know uh, faceless ethnic groups and for for the good of America. This is a completely different kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, I guess it, it sort of signals where it's going in that first, the first shot is the spaceship, right? Crashing. Maybe um, they should have cut that out. Yeah. I'm sure that that's where maybe a studio head was like, well, people will actually be mad though. If it's not the movie, they thought they bought a ticket to, you got to let them know first thing. Uh, and of course now like you can't, there's no way to not know what predator is watching it in 2023. Right. It just, um, it just permeates the atmosphere. <laughs> right. And you know, it's, it's a different type of beast than uh, alien. It's not one that's tense in the same way. It's tense in that sort of fun action way that John McTiernan is just sort of like uniquely great at drawing out just enough tension and just enough fun. And he can make it sort of goofy, but it still has enough dramatic tension. The stakes feel high enough that it works the whole time. Uh, yes. You know, he's, he's one of the best directors, you know, he was. Yeah. Um, it's too bad about all that FBI stuff. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. They, you know, uh, we, there are certain people, if they're rich enough, they can sort of, they're above the law. If you can make a movie as good as Die Hard, maybe you should also just be above the law. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> just do whatever you want. Who cares? Uh, so Shane Black, and I, this is always one of the most interesting things to me. Shane Black is here in this movie, but not as a writer, they said. Uh, do you know more of the story on this one? I was looking into it because I was so perplexed by the predator. Um, and what I saw was, so he, he was a writer. He was around, he has written, you know, all kinds of things people would have heard of, um, around that time period. He allegedly did a rewrite of predator. And I don't know what exactly that means. It could just be a thing. Like he contributed a line or two, but he, he at least claims to be part of the creative process of that movie, you know, in some mild way he's in it. And so he feels this connection to the franchise and it felt like this inevitable homecoming when he finally made his own. But his Predator movie suggests that he has no idea what was successful or why the first one worked and why it became a good franchise at all. There are some there are some feels like Shane Black quips and jokes in the Predator. That's why I ask. And he tries to do that in the Predators and it does not land at all. Yeah. And, you know, it could be that um, he can do that so long as there's a good editor. You know, maybe you need a good director who can sort of say, yeah, all right, that line will work, but we're going to we're gonna cut out all this or we're going to get rid of this tone. <laughs> I don't know exactly what it was. It wouldn't surprise me if he came up with a few of those quips. But God, you know, thank God he was not directing this one. How much do you think Predator is campy? It, there's some camp here. It's, it's pretty campy, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, I get, it's, I don't think it's quite as campy as two. Right. Um, but it's, it knows when to lean into it and it knows just how far to go without making itself into a complete joke. Um, that, that's, that's a really tricky balance and very few directors know how to do that. Well, why have we, and I wanted to ask you a kind of a larger question here. Why have we abandoned camp in yeah. movies? I think it has something to do with just abysmal media literacy. Uh, people 
there's like you have to have just enough of a uh, an ability to think critically to understand that this movie is trying to do a couple of things at once and i think you know certainly the the generation raised on marvel movies does not understand that at all it's sort of like oh this is a little campy that means it's bad that means it's a movie that's not trying or it's made by incompetent people as opposed to no no it's playing with tone in these kind of interesting weird unexpected ways the unexpected is not really valued certainly by studio heads and i think as a result of that audiences are sort of trained to not or to reject anything that feels a little bit messy or un you know like un unfamiliar or uh, unknowable it's like where is it going is a question that immediately means it's made by bad people not that it's doing something interesting that's a fascinating answer i like that answer an awful lot it's uh <laughs> it's a culture of people eating chicken fingies at night tom yeah, it is. Well, it's like you know, Sam Raimi makes this uh, this uh, Doctor Strange sequel, which was not good. But there's a few little Raimi flourishes, and you see a lot of the online community that's sort of like, oh, this horrible montage that he does because he he likes these goofy little you know right. fades and transitions from scene to scene, which is just a it's a flair, it's a style, it's a personality, and it's sort of like he doesn't pretend like this is there's you know realism here this is a dumb superhero movie so why not lean into that here and there but the weird grammar that people expect from movies now just doesn't allow for realism and silly and camp and all of these things when there's no reason why tones can't be elastic i agree with you 100 percent. i think that's a that's a great point any other thoughts on the predator it's a series that uh, I. It's not like I have any real curiosity. Like, what will happen to the Predator next is not a question <laughs> I've ever asked. Uh, I think that their best bet is to continue to have just sort of these fun ensembles, fun settings, and I hope that that's what they lean into going forward. It's one. It's uh, maybe the only franchise we've talked about that has generated high-profile politicians. That's true. That's true. So uh, we'll, we'll see who else becomes a politician in the future from uh, from the Predator or from Predators or whatever else. 